Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Everybody knows that we're hog wild. Yeah, everybody knows that we're hog wild. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. So hear me out. It's free. My father-in-law always says, the only thing better than cheap is free. So take advantage of it. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit from your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the podcast platforms out there. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to know to make a podcast in one place. So, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Yo, welcome everybody to episode 19 of the Hog Talk podcast. I'm your host every Friday, Ty Hudson. On Mondays, Jacob Scott Davis will be your host, so we're kind of splitting the responsibilities. But, Jacob, episode 19, buddy, how you doing? Man, it's, it's, I'm doing beautiful, marvelous, fantastic, ready to get the show on the road. How about that? Mm, yes, absolutely. And we're still powered by the Yellow Jacket Drive-In. So for those of you down in that yes. part of the state, feel free to stop in, give those guys a, give those guys your business and, and tell them the Hog Talk podcast sent you. So last week, or this week rather, we had the one and only John Neighbors from the Morning Rush on. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it. And I have to say, Jacob, you guys did a great job. I know we talked about that on Marco Polo and through the group text messaging and everything, but I wanted to say it here so everybody could could you know hear us kind of talk about that a little bit. But I was, I thought that was a awesome interview. You guys did a really good job. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was really fun having John on. He was really insightful, and he, man, he gives great advice and 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 very entertaining. I, I would call him Mister Excitement if I had the chance to tell him that to his face. He does. I noticed in that interview, he does such a great job too of just carrying on the conversation, and just and he's he'll give you his honest his honest to God opinion, and I respect the hell out of that. That's not something yeah. you hear a lot. And we've been fortunate enough. Like the guests on this show have been phenomenal, from Chuck Barrett, Otis Kirk. We had Greg Curl on, the the father of Cam Curl, uh, starting safety for the Razorbacks. We've had so many awesome guests, and they've all been so gracious with their time and and uh, and their energy. To, to come on to the show and John was one of the greats. So I want to give my opinion really quick on the Arkansas Portland state game. Since I wasn't here, good old Cox internet. The one time I have problems, it's the day we have John neighbors on the show and I wasn't able to get that fixed until later on Tuesday. But so I wanted to give my input on that really quick. I did have a live show on the, on the picture network on my YouTube channel Good grief, what was that yesterday, I think. And uh, so if you guys caught that, you, you probably already know where I'm going with this. I, I want to say this. A win's a win. It was ugly. It was not a. It, it was like what John and, – and I did get a chance to f- finish the previous episode, episode 18 with John Neighbors, and I couldn't agree with him more. It was a boring game. It did very little for me, you know, f- for the excitement factor going into the going into this game against Ole Miss. I hope 
that it was a pile of rust on these guys and, and they just really held back and they were vanilla and ran a base offense like Chad Moore said. I hope that's the case. But, you know, I'd said, I've said this multiple times, I don't know about here, but I know on, on, the, on my YouTube channel, that if that game was close at the end, there might be some cause for concern. And I, I, think, I think there is a little cause for concern, and I'm not saying that because they didn't blow these guys out of the water, but, you know, and it, it's, it's not that. It's not that it's just year two and there's a talent factor missing there. It was really for me, and again, I've got to agree with John Neighbors, it was what happened at the end of that first half. How how mismanaged that team looked. How just the the confusion on the sidelines. You know, you got guys doing the air guitar, and and you know, you got the head coach Chad Morris who's telling the quarterback to spike the ball. There was just miscommunication across the sidelines. It just seemed like nobody was on the same page. That was very telling to me. I hope that that was just nerves. I don't know. Moving forward, I'm still sticking with. I think. I think Jacob, you were at six and six on the season, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm. I'm still at six and six. I'm still there. This Ole Miss game is very, very telling for me. That to me, that's what's going to set the pace. I think for the rest of the year. Um, again, I'm not blaming. I'm not saying that what we saw week one that it's all doom and gloom and they're done. Like the season's already done with. I'm not saying that at all. But there were some things that happened in that game that were very concerning. Defense did look good. I was, you know, their outside containment was not there, but they were able to get pressure. I think they had like six sacks. They had a whole bunch of tackles for losses. They did a good job of creating chaos in the backfield. It wasn't all bad, but the offense was boring. They were slow paced. It it wasn't left lane hammer down. It was like merging onto traffic with your left blinker stuck on and not being able to merge into traffic. So very boring and uneventful. So moving on. Arkansas at Ole Miss on the SEC Network at 6.30 p.m. on Saturday. It's nice to have a p.m. game. I wish it were in Fayetteville. Uh, I want to I, I know, Jacob, for you, what do you think helps get the W on Arkansas, or for, the, for the Arkansas Ole Miss game? Is it going to be the run or, or, or the pass? Do you th- and obviously the defense has got to do their thing, but offensively to get this thing going, what's, what's, most, what's most important to you, the run game or the pass game? And then I also want to know what you think will happen. Like what's, your, what's your prediction as far as whatever side yeah. you choose with, what you think happens? Okay. So last week Ole Miss gave up a few yards uh, rushing the football. Uh, to Memphis, uh, Patrick Taylor Jr. He had 27 carries, 128 yards. Yeah, it's not a lot, but he still ran it for over 100 yards against a, a power five defense under new defensive coordinator Mike McIntyre. And then his uh, backup running back Kenny Gainwell had 16 carries, 77 yards. So it looks like honestly Memphis had success running the football against Ole Miss. So as you saw this past weekend, Raheem Boyd rushed 100, 114 yards on 18 carries and a touchdown. He was a guy, I mean, last year, he probably could have ran for 400 yards on that Ole Miss defense. I mean, he had 100 yards, six carries, 100 yards, and a touchdown in the first quarter. Yeah, first quarter. In, like, yeah. the first 12 minutes of the ball game. And, yeah, he got had a tailbone injury on whatever kind of turf is underneath uh, Will Memorial State and whatever's, whatever's going on down there. He had his tailbone. He's a guy that's going to be coming out for redemption. And, look, the guy looked faster. He looks stronger. The guy's jacked. He has transformed his body into something else. Rakeem Boyd is who I'm talking about. The guy looks so good, looks faster. Uh, the guy, really good lateral speed, I think. 
Uh, every time he touched the ball, he was getting eight or nine yards every play early on. And then they brought up the fifth man on the defensive line, kind of struggled uh, the the next part of the game when he was getting five or six yards of carry. But I think the run game is going to be key because the pass, in, the pass defense for Ole Miss uh, was pretty exemplary uh, this past weekend in and against Memphis. Uh, the I think their quarterback White, I, can't, I think it's Matt White or, or something like that. It's Brady White. Uh, yeah. I'll look his name up. Uh, Brady, Brady White. He was 23 of 31 for 172 yards, which that's a 74% completion percentage. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of bubble screens and, 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 and short screens, maybe slants, slant routes going on. But, I mean, he still had success in the air. But I'm still – taking Arkansas, I think Rakeem Boyd running the football will cause problems against Ole Miss this Saturday um, just because the pass defense looks to be improved for Ole Miss. But, you know, you don't know until you get into the SEC competition. Maybe maybe Ben Hicks or Nick Stark on one uh, gets it going. Traylon Burks says he they're going to come out and dominate Ole Miss. And then uh, Trey Knox came up and he said, well, I think we're going to put up a bunch of yards and points on Ole Miss too. So obviously the passing game, the, the, those guys in the wide receiver room, they want to get it going and, and, and start lighting it up. But I think Rakeem boy, where Rakeem goes, Arkansas goes. And I think he is the key to Arkansas success this Saturday. You know, if you look at if you look at Ole Miss's numbers defensively last week, I mean, they're leading tacklers. They had three guys tied with, I think, seven. Um, Lockie Henry, yeah. of course, of course, everyone should be familiar with Lockie Henry. He had something like eight, seven or eight tackles, but they weren't, they weren't really, when you consider the kind of offense that Memphis runs and, and what they do offensively last year, a lot of guys got in the backfield and were able to make plays on Memphis. They're an offensive like powerhouse in their conference. Like they're known for putting up a, yeah. lot, a lot of points. Uh, Ole Miss surprisingly only had, I say only, only had like eight tackles for loss. I watched some of that game. It didn't really seem like they were in the backfield a whole lot. Um, so maybe there's an opportunity here. Ole Miss does have some NFL talent on that defense. I'm, you know, we're both very well aware of that. But, you know, we talk about, you say Rakeem Boyd's going to have a good game or you feel like they could be set up to have a good game. How well do you think the offensive line plays against these guys? You know, I just mentioned their eight tackles for loss. They, I think they had... I think they had one, maybe two sacks that entire game. Do you think their offensive line set up? The Razorbacks' offensive line is set up to have some success this week. So I, you know, last year you look back at it. I mean, yeah, 2018 was 2018. Arkansas was moving the ball all over the field, even with Dev Wall Whaley and Chase Hayden uh, last season. The offensive line, I think they're they're out to really get somebody and uh, and hit them and and really, I mean, this is the smash mouth. Spread offense. That's what Chad Morris calls it. He wants to set up the run and then the throw, more of a play action style, you know. So I, you, you would think the Ar- Arkansas offensive line wants to go out there and hit somebody in the mouth. And I think what I saw out of Dalton Wagner this past weekend, the the first two quarters when the running game was getting going with Raheem Boyd, the guy was just knocking defensive linemen on their butts, whether it was two to five yards away. It was concerning, though, that they weren't getting any blocks into the linebacker the second, the second phase of the defense. But they were moving guys on in, in short yardage situation, which bodes well because that's what Arkansas has really struggled with over the past couple of seasons is getting yards in short yardage uh, uh, places. You know, on short yardage downs. Well, they and were, 
they were yeah, on both I, their fourth down attempts. Think, they were two for two. Yeah, last week against uh, Portland it was against State. Portland State. Yeah, but I think Arkansas will continue to have success because winning brings confidence. And this team, whether they won twenty to thirteen against Portland State or they would have won forty to ten, it doesn't matter because. These guys know they have a W. They've won half as many games as they had all last season. They're ready to show people that, hey, we're improved. And, you know, I know we're going to get to it in a second, but the defensive line, uh, losing Gerald and and uh, a couple other of the freshmen are going to have to come up and, and, and show that they're ready. Who's going to show they're they're ready, you know, and and are they going to be ready to move the ball? Are they going to have be able to move their move their bodies past the offensive lineman with their quickness and speed? I mean, you know, Mateo Sali is ready to be chomping at the bit for that too. So, so I'm really thinking that the offensive line, both lines have something to prove, and I think the offensive line has something more to prove than the defensive. So I, I think Dalton Wagner has a good day. You have Kirby Adcock, a guy that's out of Nashville that Arkansas was really high on coming out of high school. These are big offensive linemen. And and it's time for them to, you know, grow up. This is second, third year in the program. It's time to come up and get you some boys. And I think that's what they're gonna do this weekend. Yeah, and not to mention, I think uh there's gonna be a couple freshmen. You said on the on the defensive line to get some playing time. It sounds like this week on the offensive line as well they could have a couple of freshmen. I think it was uh Ricky Stromberg, I think name has been mentioned as somebody who could potentially get some playing time this weekend. And that's, that's so big because this is a, uh, this is an sec program. I'll be, you know, it's yeah, they're a bad team, right? Ole Miss is, I think they're projected on average to be behind or right there with Arkansas at the bottom of the sec West, but still like to get these young guys on both sides of the ball to get them the opportunity to come in and get some playing time against an sec opponent. And, and I don't know if we consider them rivals or not. I've always been confused with this whole, like, LSU's our main rival, but Ole Miss is kind of that secondary rival. Then you've got this forced kind of BS rivalry by the SEC with, with Mizzou. But I, to me, Ole Miss is a rival, and it's a good one. It's a good rivalry because of the history and how awkward these games are, how weird they are when you talk about the overtimes, yeah. uh, the Hudson, uh, the, or the uh, Henry Heave. You know, all these weird games between Arkansas and Ole Miss, they've been pretty dynamic. And then you had an ex-Razorback head coach, Houston Nutt, go over there and be their coach and had a little bit of success against Arkansas. There's some interesting history between us and them and, and between the Razorbacks and Ole Miss. To me, they are they are ideally, I think, the best rival between them and A&M and, and uh, LSU. But uh, switching over to the defensive side of the ball really fast, talking about the defensive line, it sounds like, too, not only – did they lose Dorian Gerald? There's the potential that Jamario Bell may not get to play. Uh, I'm not 100% on that. I don't know if, if he's at a probable status or if he's a might possibly, you know, will probably play but be limited status. I don't know what's going on with that. But so there's going to be some, there's going to be a change up on the defensive line, like you said, with some incoming freshmen. What on the defensive side of the ball, kind of same question from earlier, what do you expect to see out of the defense against Ole Miss? Well, you want to see the defense come out, and and what Ole Miss is going to do, they're going to try to play fast as well. I mean, they have Rich Rodriguez as their offensive coordinator. I mean, Matt Corral, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he is he's a manageable kid that can move his feet and move the pocket. So 
they're going to have the same kind of problem they had last week out of Davis Alexander, the quarterback for and, and uh, Easton Jelani Easton from Portland State last week. Those guys were being able to tuck under the defenders after it looked like Arkansas was good and well stopping them in in uh, in their tracks. All they did was duck down and and were able to move the football. You're gonna Matt Corral's not going to be as hard to get down because he's about two or three inches taller than these guys. I mean, I think he's six one or six two. So Arkansas is going to be able to at least have more success getting the uh, quarterback down there. So I want to see Arkansas speed off the edge. I want to see how much they've improved. I think Gabe Richardson's a guy that he's a junior in this program, uh, a guy that was really under-recruited out of high school. Arkansas got lucky to have him. I mean, he he forced a couple of turnovers early on in his career, and after that, I don't know if he was in Brett Bielema's doghouse or whatnot, but you didn't see him much anymore. He was more of the hybrid uh, defensive end out of the 3-4 scheme. Now he moves into the regular 4-3 defense at defensive end. He's starting, and and he's a guy I want to see come out and play well. He's got good speed off the edge. And then you have Mateo Ali, who had 28 sacks as a high school senior in the highest classification in Georgia. So he's another guy that you want to see do well. And then Zach Williams, who's going to be their backup there, he had over 118 tackles last season as a high school senior. And then you have the Oracle, Colin Clay, who's also a guy that on the other side is backing up Gabe Richardson. So you get a lot of freshmen coming in, and these guys are going to be wanting to prove themselves. And I knew early on in the season, if Arkansas doesn't have success, it's going to be like what happened in 06 and what happened in 08 with freshmen coming in and getting playing time. So you want to see more of the linebackers, the defensive line, really, really force the quarterback into errant throws and which opens up the secondary because I mean you saw Jaquiz McClellan and and oh man, the other two guys that, that also got picks it's just uh, Curl and leaving time. me right now. I'm sorry about that. Curl and and Oh my oh, goodness. Man, Touche. Yeah. Sorry guys. I... Joseph Touche. <laughs> my goodness. We both yeah. brain yeah. we brain farted at the same time. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know what happened there. Usually, I'm pretty good with names and remembering remembering those. I remember they had three interceptions though, so that's the that's the big thing there. Yeah. But having having the secondary improve dramatically and drastically will help Arkansas. I mean, they improved last year. They only gave up 250 yards a game, but I mean the rush, <laughs> the run defense was terrible. So you're you're gonna have to stop Scotty Phillips there. Uh, they're running back. They're they're gonna have to corral corral. Uh, that's their quarterback, uh, Matt Corral. You're gonna have to corral him, and keep the wide receivers from having any big plays because, but, I mean, whether you like it or not, it's still the nasty wideouts, the NWO. They're coming after you. No, they're not coming after us this week because our defensive backs are ready and they're they're out to prove. And I think Mark Smith, he's done a, a very good job marketing his secondary to attract uh, big time players into the Arkansas program. And I think that's what he's doing right now. So, you know, and, so and I think the whole defense talking about Matt Corral, you know, last week he only had, he only threw the ball 19 times. He was nine of 19 yeah. for 93 yards an average completion ratio of right at about five yards of completion with an interception. And a, I don't know if it's an adjusted quarterback rating or not, but it's 17.2 according to ESPN. Um, Wow. And like you said, they're going to be fast-paced. They're going to try and run at you. They ran the ball 33 times. That was such a bizarre score with that Memphis 
yeah. on this game. I, I, had you told me that it would finish at 15 to 10, I would have been like, is that a is that a high scoring baseball game? Like what do you, what do you mean fifteen to ten right. between Ole Miss? These are two teams that last year were both top fifteen, top twenty offenses. I don't know if it had to do right. with playing. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what that was. If it was just because they played early in the year, that was so bizarre. But Memphis, like we said, got the win fifteen to ten, and you know it didn't go in Ole Miss's favor. Their fans are uh, not that excited about football this year, and I think. We can kind of relate a little bit here in Fayetteville, although we're always hog wild 24-7, 365 days a year. But, um, well, and you bring up a good point, and I like what you said about what they need to do on defense. I, I am, I do, I agree that the secondaries come a long ways. They are better. I'm just, I'm a little bit, I am a little bit concerned that maybe Ole Miss did overlook Memphis because they're a non-conference opponent, although it's a really good non-conference they're opponent. Rivals. And they are rivals. So I, I don't know what – again, that's a bizarre game, but I, I wonder if Ole Miss pulls some things out that we didn't see last week. We know Arkansas is going to do that. Their play calling last week was – oh, man, it was bad. Arkansas's play calling was bad. And you could tell it felt like they were holding back. So I this week and, – and this is how weird college football is. I, it wouldn't surprise me at all to see this Arkansas Ole Miss game finish like 45 to 52 or something. Wouldn't surprise me at all, even how bad both offenses were a week ago. That's just the game of college football. It's weird. Um, so well, moving think about it, last year, Ty. Mm-hmm. Before before we go to the next segment here, think about last year. It was thirty three twenty four Hogs with five minutes to go at Wall yep. Memorial Stadium before Ole Miss came back and won. Yep. It could be a high scoring game. It was going to be a high scoring game. Arkansas's way if for Keem Boy Ty Story and. And uh, Devil Whaley didn't get hurt. It was really bizarre. It's but no, nothing about it. Yeah. You're you're right about yeah, last year it how, how it was it was uh, so up and down. I mean, you saw how easily they moved the ball on Alabama. I mean, they moved the yeah. ball against Bama. And not that they were great defensively last year, like they typically are, but still, I mean, Arkansas went two and ten. Bama played for a national championship, right. and Arkansas was able to move the ball. You could almost argue that it was at ease that they were able to move the ball. It's bizarre yeah. how that how that works out. But that again, that's to me, it's it's college football. It's just what it is. And some weeks, I really do believe teams yeah. overlook others and so on and so forth. But moving to the back to the offensive side of the ball, really quick, the quarterback controversy carries on. Hicks did not look very good. Starkle comes in. I think he was. I think it was. Was it four or five? Obviously, he had that pick. I think it was four He's or five. Four or five. Yeah. And he had that pick. Yeah, he looked good. I thought he was able to move the, the offense okay. pretty well, how limited he was on the field. Um, I wanted to ask you, and then I'm gonna we're going to get into Hicks. Did you feel like he should have left Starkle in last week? Or would you have you kept know, Hicks? I would have kept Hicks just because it was a close game. You don't want to keep pulling guys in and out of the ball game, especially with the game being as close as it was. You're, you never got into rhythm. And I, I feel like they should have left Hicks in. I wish Starkle would have got playing time, but I understand what happened. And the whole deal at halftime where Starkle threw a short pass to Akeem Boyd at the sideline and with five seconds left, I mean, it, it's all that's part of coaching. And, and, and you got to be aware of the clock, especially as a quarterback, to know what's going on, too. So... It, it wasn't completely Starkle's fault there. It was more on coaching, and they'll get it right. But I wish they would have left Starkle in a little bit more just because we could 
see more of what he had uh, coming and, and what his role in the offense would be and, and what they would look like. But the small sample bit we saw, you know, they're going to have to stick with one or the other. And if if Hicks doesn't get it done this week, does Stark will come in? Starkle's had success before against Ole Miss, but you know it's gonna be some. It, it's gonna be something to watch this week, uh, honestly. Uh, but I'm not surprised they stuck with Hicks this weekend. Well, you you already kind of answered it a little bit, and that was going to be the next the next question. And then after that, we've got one more question, and then we'll be done with the podcast. But so Hicks next week or this weekend, Ole Miss. How short or how long is his leash? Or does he even have a leash at all? Is, there, is he just going to be left out there? You know, it's it's that's what I don't know. Where where is the leash? I mean, they obviously weren't moving the ball very well right before halftime, and they brought Nick in with about four and a half minutes to go, and obviously he was having success moving the ball. But you know, he had that pick, and then he came back out and and moved the ball back down the field again. So. Obviously, you have two quarterbacks that can move the ball, but I think Starkle did it more effectively. They know that what they have in Starkle, and so I'm sure if if Hicks doesn't, if he comes out and only has 60 yards passing on 12 or 13 attempts in the first quarter, I bet they try to put Starkle in to see what they kind of get. But you don't want to play quarterbacks too long or musical chairs with your quarterbacks very long because then you're you had no quarterback and 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 you potentially lose ball games. So, I mean, you put yourself in a bad spot if you're still playing two quarterbacks very long against Ole Miss. you got to stick with one. This is the the issue that I think a lot of people have, too. And and listening to local radio up here, (laughs) Josh Bernaccini, for those of you who don't know who he is, he's the host of the 921 ESPN show in the morning. He he calls it like it is, and the guy catches heat. Uh, (laughs) He's gotten into it with Coach Zimmerman on the radio before. I mean, he just says it like it is, and I appreciate that. And something that he said was that, you know, that, that he felt like maybe that has something to do with the, you know, the kind of jumbled quarterback play that we've seen in the last two years, that they don't just pick a guy, let him run with the ones all through fall camp, and then just let that guy be the guy throughout the season. Like we've now seen this two years yeah. in a row where we feel like Starkle's going to get the guy or get the call eventually because of how short his leash is potentially could be with Hicks. And if you ask anybody who's who's watched these two play, Starkle is the better arm talent. He's the most likely, again, according to these people, to get paid to keep an eye on these guys and watched all kinds of film, far more film than I've watched or that Jacob has watched. These guys will tell you that they feel like Starkle is the way to go. Maybe, and, and obviously, I, I don't say, I shouldn't say maybe, Obviously, Chad Morris really appreciates a quarterback that he can stall the most, install the most offense with, and I think that's what you have here between Hicks and Starkles, that most of the offense is installed with Hicks, and they want to go with that safe bet, and that's what Hicks is. That's exactly what he's been advertised all offseason as someone who's safe, uh, won't take the big shot downfield. Yeah. He's not a gunslinger like Starkle. I do think, and I'm going to stick with my original prediction, that Hicks got the nod, and eventually Starkle takes the job because I don't think – I, I'm just not sure, based on what we saw against Portland State, even if they're running a base offense with a bunch of freshmen, which is being thrown at us all over social media and in my chat or in my comment section on YouTube, I keep getting that drilled into my head about, oh, well, all these freshman receivers, well, okay, but you had upper, you had guys at tight end that are multi-year players. You had, you know, you got Mike Woods, 
They're not all young. You have a backfield full of juniors and seniors. Let's not sit here and pretend like he's surrounded by nothing but freshmen. Uh, and I'm not pinning right. all the blame on Hicks either, but I do think that Starkle eventually gets the nod because he's just overall talent-wise, he's got a higher ceiling. So that's right. where I'm at with I it agree. on the quarter at the quarterbacks. Uh, uh, what's going on at the quarterback position? But again, it's it's this whole. It's time to put out fires. Chad Morris needs to start putting those fires out instead of creating more fires. And I think he will. And I think as the season goes on, maybe we'll build some confidence up. And maybe this game starts that. I don't know. So that's going to lead us to the final question, the final topic. Prediction on the game. Jacob, go. I'm going to say Arkansas. Uh, they're going to move the ball early. But I think Ole Miss finds a way of their defense comes up, and, and they look like they're going to make some stops. So I think Arkansas, I picked this one as a win early on. I'm going to stick with it. Arkansas wins 28-24 to 24 against Ole Miss on Saturday with, with two quarterbacks playing okay, but Rakeem Boyd running wild on their defense again. So 28-24, Arkansas win. I did the same with the preseason prediction. I said Arkansas would – would win this all off season. It's been a coin flip up until about two weeks ago. And you just felt like, well, Ole Miss is definitely not headed in the right direction. And then, you know, we, we kind of buy into some of the, the coach speak and the, what the media does around here as far as hyping this team up. And I don't know that they do that on purpose, but you do buy into a little bit of what they say. And, and then what yeah. little we've been able to see from practice, I felt like, okay, they've got an upgraded quarterback. Uh, their 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 offensive line might actually it's not you don't feel like it's a makeshift offensive line anymore you feel like they're finally getting the pieces up there defensively we knew they would take a step forward I, I'm gonna go against my prediction though I I oh, don't think I wow. don't think they win this one I don't I I just I'm not I have no confidence based on what I saw last week even if they were surrounded by freshmen in running a vanilla base offense I, like I still like. They couldn't move the ball against an FCS program, and you're about to walk in. Yeah. If, if, if this were at Fayetteville or in Little Rock, I might feel a little bit better. Um, I don't know what the score is going to be. Like we said earlier, it could just get out of hand or it could be a really low-scoring game because both these offenses could be pretty bad this year. So I'm going to say Ole Miss gets the win. It's probably close, but I'm going to say I'm going to go with a 20 20- to 13 win for Ole Miss. So I'm going against my prediction, my preseason prediction. And if that doesn't happen and I'm wrong, hey, no one's going to be happier about it than I am. So That's right. I, I don't know what that, that means decision. for the season. If, if you get a loss here, what that means for the rest of the season, that's obviously the next question. Assuming, let's just assume they do lose. Boy, I don't know. If you can't beat a, a bad Ole Miss team, even if it's on the road, I, I don't know what they do the rest of the year. I have no idea. Um, I'll, I'm not even going to dare change my – or, you know, go back and guess again what the win-loss record will be the rest of the year. I'm not even going to dare do that if they beat – or if they lose to Ole Miss. So, but anyways, that's going to do it. Episode 19, we're, we're, we're done. We're finished with our Friday show. Jacob, thank you, sir. You were awesome as usual. Appreciate it, man. You're awesome. Oh, stop it. You're just a silly goose. So, everyone, enjoy the game this weekend. Be safe. If you're out on Dixon Street or if you're down in Little Rock watching the game, bar hopping, whatever whatever it is that you do, please be safe. Uh, and uh, make sure you have a designated driver or call or you know a, a Lyft or Uber, whatever you got to do. Just be careful and be safe. 
And uh, so also I wanted to plug, we're, we're coming up on 6,000 total downloads on, on this podcast. That's absolutely impressive. Our social media following combined is, is I think, north of about 10,000 total followers. Our engagements are through the roof. I love to brag about that stuff because it, it's just – hey, how else are you supposed to market yourself, right? So really proud of what of what Jacob, myself, and Peck, our, our producer, really proud of us. We're doing a really good job. But, of course, we couldn't be here without you guys. Thank you so much. Please don't forget to leave us that star power. And, uh, and leave us a review if you'd be so kind. We'd really appreciate it. But that's going to do it for episode 19. Jacob, say goodbye to the people. Bye, y'all. Y'all have a good day and enjoy your Friday. Woo Pig Suey. Mm, Friday. Gotta love it. Woo Pig. We'll see you guys next week. Jay's on the corner playing spades. I'm an ordinary person, but a pain. Wipe it out. Fox flipping, wet and smoking, and we choking off a whole pound of purple. Famous like the Ninja Turtle. Wipe it out. Just left New York City hooked up with Pete. Did it finna blow past 50, you gon' have to. Wipe it out. We the best, I'm a fool, I'm the Hemi man. Red light, green light, yellow light. Get it, Cause man. I'm on Wipe it out. Cause 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 I'm Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.